0: tipsy teaspoons what it do what it do it's your girl your sis nicole lynn here for another installment of tipsy publicity yes just one publicist take on celebrity gossip news and other trends that are happening in our country yes so thanks again for joining me Also, make sure you follow your girl on all her social media outlets. You can find me on Facebook, Tipsy Publicity. You can also follow me on the gram at Tipsy Publicity. Yes. So let's get into this hot and spicy, saucy, salacious, scandalous, sultry, sinful, celeb gossip. Yes. But before we do, Tipsy Teaspoons, I just want to take a moment right now to send our thoughts and prayers to the victims and survivors of the deadly shooting that happened in El Paso, Texas on August 3rd. I know it's trending worldwide, a 21 year old gunman, I'm not even gonna like mention his name and give him any more clout. But this dude just decided to take his assault rifle and go into a Walmart and he just started just shooting it up killing 20 innocent people. And 40 more were, you know, injured in the melee. I mean, I can't even imagine being in a situation where... I'm feeling helpless and hopeless. I mean, I'm quite sure that those individuals who woke up on Saturday morning were just, hey, I'm going to Walmart going to get some things going to do some quick shopping. And then, um, you know, just start my day. I'm quite sure when they woke up and made their trip to Walmart that they weren't thinking that, hey, this would be the you know, my last time on this earth. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And then Not even 24 hours later, another gunman decided to put on some armor and he just shot up an entertainment district in Dayton, Ohio. I mean, he killed nine people and he hurt 26 other people in that shooting. But, you know, thankfully, in the Dayton shooting, um, police were able to, you know, they were able to kill him as well. I mean, it's just too much you guys. I don't even know what's going on with our government as far as gun reform. I just don't understand how it's so easy for individuals to get their hands on guns and just decide, hey, I'm gonna shoot up, you know, I, I, I'm i gonna kill some people today. I mean, where they do that at y'all? And why is it taking our lawmakers so long to see that this shit is getting out of control. But yet and still so many people support the NRA and the NRA just remains um you know quiet when stuff like this happens. It's like, "Hey, they don't have anything. They don't have anything to say." And I'm just wondering if one of their uh family members were taken away due to gun violence, how it would make them feel. I think it's time for people to start putting Start wearing other people's shoes so they can feel the um, just the agony of losing a loved one, but then to lose them in such a tragic way. I mean, this is ridiculous, you all. And then uh, I want to go back and reflect on the El Paso shooting. But then after they they get the guy, but it's like they don't even tackle him to the ground. They just treat him as he's precious cargo, slapping some cuffs on him. And I'm wondering if they stopped by a Wendy's or McDonald's on the way to the precinct, you know, before, um, you know, I guess, you know, booking him and all that stuff. But I mean, it's just crazy to me how someone could how someone does not value life and they just feel like they can just discard of people as if um, they are nothing, and to be treated so gently and so cautiously. It, it's just it, it's too much, you guys, it it's becoming too much that this domestic terrorism that is plaguing our country, our world, I mean, and they're just handling these, you know, these white gunmen with uh, with care and um when they should be doing exactly what those men did to these innocent people hell their bodies should be right along next to the other ones inside in a body bag i mean you're you're getting ready to discard these other you know these victims bodies and taking them down to the morgue i mean why are these domestic terrorists given such um, I mean why are they being coddled why are they once again being treated as just fragile and cautious and I mean it's just sickening to watch it's sickening to watch and then you have 45 with these crazy tweets I mean that hardly makes sense so sad the loss there were many victims there were many you know it's like no dude just no you guys it's important this 2020 election is coming up it is so important and imperative that you all take your asses to the polls and we got to be the change that we want to see this cannot continue to happen it's like since this guy has gotten into office this world has I don't even know it's it's I I could go on and on for days about MAGA country and all these things that we're being subjected to at this um, administration's um, crazy handling of policies and procedures. It's just it's really sickening. So on that note, you know, I digress. I'm not going to go off in, on this tangent because we got more tea to spill. But, you know, just sit and reflect over this next election. And just make sure you do the research on the candidates that you want to represent you and you want to be an extension of your voice. Make sure you get your butt to the poll, y'all. We have to do better. We got to do better. So once again, I just want to say to um, to you all that are listening to my podcast, just send positive vibes and support to these victims and to these survivors, because they're going to need it. Their lives are forever changed they're going to need counseling, they're going to need help, they're going to need all kinds of upliftment. So just make sure you you know, as you're going on throughout your day, you know, sometimes we all are so, um, you know, caught up in what we have going on. And it's like, you know, sometimes we have to learn how to be a little selfless and think about other people and what they may be going through. So just, you know, you have some downtime throughout the day, just go ahead and reflect and just send positive vibes out into the universe about those victims and their families and what they're going through right now. So, all right, Tipsy Teaspoons, we are going to move right along, move right along. Yes, guess what's going on this week, you all? Miss Santoya Brown. Yes, if you remember at the beginning of the year, Santoya Brown was granted clemency by Governor Bill Haslam. This is just amazing news on so many levels. If you guys don't know about Centoya, I'm going to give you a little backstory on Centoya Brown. Centoya Brown was the 16 year old lady, young lady, excuse me, who was forced into prostitution by her ex boyfriend slash pimp. His street name was Cutthroat. Okay, so he forged a relationship and he was 24. So he got with Centoya at 16, forced her into becoming a prostitute, just child, just, just child sex trafficking, just all kinds of crazy things. So you know, being a young impressionable girl, I can't even imagine you know, you you think you're in love with someone they say they love you they're gonna take care of you and do all these things oh baby i got you you don't have to worry next thing you know he done forced you into some crazy shit that you didn't even see coming he has you selling your body and doing all kinds of crazy things for his benefit he might have said it would be for your benefit as well but it was for his benefit so anyway Cutthroat hooked Centoya up with 43-year-old Johnny Allen. Now, if you guys don't know anything about Johnny Allen, he was the man that Centoya ended up killing as they laid uh, naked in bed after their sexual encounter. I can't even imagine you all—a 16-year-old girl laying in bed after having sexual, just intercourse with a 43-year-old man. So prosecutors say that Centoya killed Johnny Allen because she feared for her life. I can't even just the thought is making my stomach churn. Thinking about um a 16-year-old girl. I mean, you're 16. You should be hanging out with your friends, um just doing little silly shit that 16-year-old girls do. That's what you should be doing. But yet and still you find yourself in bed with a 43-year-old man just taking full advantage of your innocence of just everything. And so, you know, they said, hey, Centoya was scared. She feared for her life. She picked up his gun. She shot him in the back of the head. And then prosecutors, they also say that she stole some items from Johnny Allen. Either way, Centoya was sentenced to, they gave her life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, what I'm hearing is that back in 2012, the Constitution made that illegal uh for anyone being sentenced to life without the possibility of parole but however because Santoya lived in Tennessee that rule did not um you know it didn't fall under the Tennessee rule now I don't I don't understand that if the con- the United States Constitution over the entire United States if they have a bill um that they put into law how can it not be I mean, how could it not stand in one state if the U.S. Constitution made this law? Anyway, I'm not a lawmaker. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not um, a lawyer. I'm not... You know, that's not my repartee repartee when it comes to the law and things of that nature. So anyone listening to, you know, the podcast, if you have any comments about that, educate your girl. I'm always open for just learning a little bit more about things that I'm, you know, not too familiar with. But anyway, moving back along to uh, Centoya, she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. She did 15 years behind bars. But there have been so many advocates, um, you know, on Centoya's side, going to the governor, writing letters, I'm quite sure, calling that Tennessee, you know, calling the state house, just trying to do whatever they can to get this young lady out. I mean, as you can see, we would probably believe that what it was self defense. I mean, I just can't imagine being once again, like I said, a 16 year old girl in bed with a 43 year old John. Who knows what this man did to her? She was scared. But for them to throw like such a a great penalty to her for her to have to face 15 years in prison. I mean, I'm sorry, to life in prison. But thankfully the governor stepped in and listened to the advocates and finally said, "You know what? Enough is enough. Enough is enough." Centoya, that was total self-defense. It was self-defense. I can't even imagine what her fight and flight senses were like in that moment. It was probably, hey, kill or be killed. You know what I'm saying? So August 7th, Centoya Brown is walking out of prison as a free woman. So thankful for that. And also, we want to just send positive vibes to Centoya Brown, to her family, to... Just for her rehabilitation, she's going to have to be deprogrammed in how things were going on in prison and, you know, just reprogrammed into the world and finding herself and finding her voice and getting back up on her two feet. So we just want to send positive vibes to that sister and, um, you know, just support her in everything that she does so that she will... You know that so that she'll make strides and that she'll be able to be, you know, to be that she'll be able to contribute to society in a positive way. So and also we just want to send positive vibes to other Centoya Browns who are sitting in jail for situations where they were forced into sex trafficking, and you know, just prostitution at a young age. So we just want to just send positive vibes to all those other Centoia Browns who don't have the notoriety who may not have the advocacy that Centoia was blessed to have. All right, tipsy teaspoons, we are going to move right along. Moving right along, moving right along, moving right along. Guess who got out of jail? A Swedish jail. (laughs) I don't know if you guys have been following ASAP Rocky and all the bull, (laughs) all the bull mess that he's been just causing and, you know, just causing a whole ruckus. It's just been ridiculous. So... I'm not sure if you guys are too familiar with this, but I'm going to catch you up. I'm going to catch you up, put you up to speed with what's been going on with ASAP. So anyway, if you guys remember, ASAP was in Sweden with his entourage because he was getting ready to do an international tour. So ASAP was, you know, just on the gram with his entourage when they were approached by a couple of hecklers. Uh, Clearly the video showed that You know, the the hecklers just kept following them. So, you know, ASAP and his crew said, hey, uh, go on about your way. Stop following us. Um, You know, just go ahead. Do what you do. Leave us alone. The hecklers just wouldn't. The hecklers, honestly, they kept coming. Like, you know, they kept coming into their space, invading their space. And who wants people, you know, in their space, especially a person you don't know. And then the fact that you said, hey, could you just leave us alone? Please go on about your business. Anyway that that didn't happen. And a fight broke out. ASAP whipped their ass. And um he ended up, of course, going to jail spending time behind bars. And, um, you know, there was this whole free ASAP free ASAP free ASAP. Oh, you know, his camp was saying he's being held in a Swedish prison with um in deplorable conditions. The jail was just nasty. It was trifling. You know, things like that. But I mean we have to just go back to our good friend named Karma. Remember y'all, what goes around comes around. And I don't know if you guys remember that tweet that ASAP made. That Ferguson tweet that he made. It was it was pretty vicious. Um it was pretty it was just it was downright disgusting what he said. So remember he said I don't want to talk about no Ferguson and shit because I don't live over there. First of all, sir, um, Ferguson is not overseas, Ferguson is right in the United States. So that's, (laughs) that's the first thing. I don't live over there. I live in fucking Soho and Beverly Hills. I can't relate. I'm in the studio. I'm in fashion studios. I'm in these bitches draws. I'm not doing anything outside of that. So you guys remember what happened in Ferguson back in 2014. Michael Brown was murdered by the police officer. I'm not going to delve too much into that. I talked more about that in my, you know, my first podcast introducing you all to publicity. But anyway, you guys remember what happened when Mike Brown got killed by the cop. Um, Ferguson, the city just went bananas. There were riots. I mean, it was just it was crazy black people were angry and upset and we're still angry and upset by the way we're being mishandled and discarded by police officers not all police officers okay not all but the ones that we're being discarded as if we're trash as if we don't matter uh i mean it it's just really crazy all of our black brothers and sisters who have died at the hands of these cops. I mean, you have Eric Garner, you have Sandra Bland, you have Tamir Rice, you have Philando Castile, all of these amazing influential people in their own right in their own communities respected by people. And for them to die at the hands of officers with little to no with little to no ramifications is it's disheartening, it's sickening. And you know, as a black person, it just, I don't know, people wonder why we're so angry and why they just they call it like, Oh, you're black, you're angry, you're this or that, you know why we're angry. We're angry, because we don't get the respect that we deserve. I mean, who writes a, the quote, unquote, forefathers of this nation counted us as three fifths of a person where they do that at and then after slavery was over you tell us hey go on about your business how the hell are we supposed to go on about our business when our business was building this country was making your lives comfortable and you have everything every resource that you need shelter food clothing you tell us to go on about our business how are we supposed to do that with no land no food water clothing money nothing how were we supposed to go ahead and just survive but you know what I just feel that God the God in the universe has made black people so resilient that we've had no choice but to make a dollar out of 15 cents you know what i'm saying we've always been strong we've been resilient we've been resourceful so to go back to asap rocky making these statements just disregarding his black brother Mike Brown that you know, I, I can't relate to that. That has nothing to do with me. I'm not a political activist. It's not about being a political activist. It's about being informed. It's about being upset. When you see someone who looks just like you being killed and discarded as if he was nothing. You know, and so like, that's why I said karma bit you in the ass when you went over there and you sat in jail. And then you had your advocates, um, you know, try to get black people to feel something for you. How could we feel something for you when you made these ugly, just vicious, nasty ass tweets? You know, I mean, that was horrible. So Brad, you got karma. I hope you enjoyed your stint in jail. I know you're out now. And you're living a life and you're doing it up. But karma bit your ass for a little bit. And you had to sit and stew in that. I'm not sure if ASAP even reflected or if his tweet even came back to you know, if it came back to haunt him while he was sitting in that Swedish prison. But you know, like I said, karma bit you in the ass for a little bit. And you're free now and you're going to continue probably going back to your old ways. But I mean, it is what it is. But I'm just saying like situations like that are just so sad that we can't even support one another for for five minutes. So yeah, ASAP, how how I feel about you was that I wasn't, I wasn't moved. I didn't feel bad. I just felt like it's above me now your ass sat in jail. It's above me now. I was not going to support the the ASAP Rocky movement. I'm not going to support the ASAP Rocky movement. Not when you make tweets and stuff like that. And then you're degrading women, referring to them as bitches. And for the women who support him, ladies, this is what he thinks of you. His words, not mine. He trying to get in your drawers. And if you think that's cute and if you like that, I don't know, sis. Got to do better. Got to do better because he's definitely not one that I would want to take home to mom. Anyway, we are moving right along, right along, right along to <laughs> this story right here. just got me all kinds of just I just find it so hilarious. Um, You guys remember David Griffin, don't you? He was the Cavs former general manager. He was the Houdini who pulled all kinds of rabbits out of the hat. And he was implement, uh, influential, excuse me, and instrumental in the Cavs winning the 2016 championship. Yes, we are no longer the mistake on the lake. We are the home of a championship team. Anyway, David Griffin is salty. He's pissed at the Sports Illustrated writer who did the article on um, David Griffin and his time in the land during the um, 2016 championship. um, You know, during the finals, 2016 finals. So David Griffin feels as if this Sports Illustrated reporter misconstrued his words when talking about LeBron James. And so now David uh, Griffin appeared on ESPN's The Jump to try to backpedal and to try to, uh, you know, smooth things over, you know, sometimes how we stick our, our foot in our mouth and then we say, Oh damn, I done fucked up. So yeah. So now that's what, um, David Griffin is in the process of doing, trying to, um, I I wouldn't call, yeah, he's on the PR apology tour, trying to make things right with LeBron, you know? So anyway, during that time, um, David Griffin, who is now the, um, VP over in uh, New Orleans for the New Orleans Pelicans. So what he said was that um, he was talking about how building a roster around LBJ was miserable while questioning if LBJ would win the 2016 championship. Because let's face it, he felt that 2016, it was either do or die. LeBron, this is your final shot to get Cleveland a championship. So that's what he was talking about. So David Griffin uh, apparently said, everything we did was inorganic, unsustainable, and not fun. I was miserable. The moment we won, I knew I was going to leave. It didn't matter how much money they were going to offer me. I mean, that's kind of, man, just saying that LeBron was just praising your wife not too long ago, and then for this article to come out, and then for you to appear on ESPN on the jump to to um, try to backpedal and smooth over things. That makes you look kind of, I don't know, kind of suspect. And it's kind of like you being a higher up within an organization. It should kind of make other players leery of trying to forge... Um, you know, forge a familial sort of bond with you if they're supposed to hold you in this high regard, because I mean, whether you love David Griffin or not, you have to give him his props. He is, he is that man. He, he makes deals happen. He gets shit done. But for him to have said something about, you know, LeBron James in that manner to where LeBron, you know, thought that they were cool. And then to say that, you can understand why LeBron's camp is a little pissed, a little perturbed, a little miffed, a little flabbergasted. Um, a little They're feeling a little bamboozled. They're feeling all of it. And you can kind of understand why for him to say something like that. It's like, damn, um, was working with me that uh, was it that un, you know, was it not it wasn't it was unenjoyable i mean bro that's what you're saying about me uh we were tight and closer so i thought but of course david griffin is saying no no i wasn't saying this about lebron it's just no no you know how people do when they stick their foot in their mouth and then that information gets to the source in which that they were talking about it it's it's a little crazy (laughs) so anyway lebron posted this cryptic tweet saying all right all right the throne has been played with too much. I ain't for horseplay. Ether coming soon. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like shots was fired and LeBron is firing back to David Griffin. So this shit is juicier than an episode of Bold and Beautiful and As the World Turns. I mean, the NBA, the the things that are going on in the NBA in this past um. Over this summer and watching how they are blowing up teams to, you know, try to stop this quote unquote, you know, big three, because for the longest time, you know, everybody was tired of watching Golden State win. So something had to be done. So it's just a lot of drama going on in the NBA and I'm here for it. The petty in me is here for it. Like I said, it's better than an episode of Bold and a Beautiful. Who can, who needs to watch soap operas when all this shit is happening in the NBA, And then while we're talking about the NBA, you already know LeBron's bestie, Carmelo Anthony, is getting a little antsy right now, getting a little antsy, because y'all already know that he, his brief stint in Houston, I mean, the way the GM just came at him, (laughs) I mean, that was a little bit gutted, that was a gutter move, Melo was reportedly getting dressed for, you know, suiting up for the game, when the GM walked into, you know, Hotel room, and hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Okay, what's up? Um, your services are no longer needed. Can you just imagine? And you know, I sat and watched his interview with Stephen A. Smith, and the look on Carmelo's face was just like he looked like a deflated balloon, he looked like his whole world had been fucked up and it had, I mean, just seeing the hurt on his face, is kind of like, damn, that was kind of, that was, that was a man that was low down and dirty. That's what it was low down and dirty. That's just like pulling the wool over, not pulling the wool. It was just like, um, I don't know. It was a gut punch, an unexpected gut punch. That's what I'll say. Unexpected gut, gut punch, tipsy teaspoons. Just crazy. But then once again, I'm going to go back to my good friend K-A-R-M-A. I'm quite sure the feeling that Carmelo felt was probably the same feeling Lala felt on her birthday. When those uh, pictures were released of Carmelo in the south of France on that yacht with that with that woman y'all saw her. she was in that two-piece bikini and he was in his trunks and they was just laid out getting you know just having fun in the sun and when it was brought to his attention of course Carmelo had to say oh no it that's not what it looked like that's my business partner and everything I don't know what kind of business they were um they were conducting but it didn't look like um they had any briefcases or anything out it was just um it was him and her on the boat and they was oiled up looking looking a little greasy getting that tan so i don't know i'm just saying karma what you put into the universe is the same shit that you're going to get back. So everything that he's done to Lala in regard to this woman in the south of France, not sure he said it's not his woman, he's not cheating. So we can only go by what he's saying. But then for you to have this child, this other baby, I mean, it's just it's like how much more can a woman take? I mean, it's just crazy. What he did. So like I said, karma is always going to come back and bite you in the ass. What you do in the dark is always going to come to light. And right now, Carmelo, um, the light is being shined on your shit. And it, it just is what it is. So hopefully we already know that the Lakers have one more spot open on their roster. So they're saying word on these tipsy ass streets saying that that spot may belong to Carmelo. Of course, he's hoping that it, it does belong to him, seeing that LBJ is his uh, best friend. So we don't even know. I mean, are the Lakers even interested in wanting to sign Carmelo? Are they interested? Or is Carmelo going to spend this next season sitting at home watching the NBA games? I mean, what's going to happen? So I don't know. So I know he's sitting, 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 sitting by the phone. You know how you're sitting by the phone waiting for somebody to call you and they don't call you? And how you're sitting by the phone waiting for a text message and that damn message don't come through? Like I said, y'all, stop watching soap operas. Start watching the NBA. This is more drama. I mean, it's just drama. Drama for your mama, drama for everybody. And I'm just sitting up there front row with my popcorn just just enjoying all of this shit. It's just, it's crazy. I swear I stopped watching soap operas a long time ago. And now that I'm seeing this tea in regard to what's going on in the NBA, it's just like, damn. So, as the world turns, as Carmelo's world turns, will the Lakers sign him or won't they? Will he be sitting on the couch watching this next NBA season? dun 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 we got to stay tuned for that (laughs) stay tuned for that okay so we're moving right along moving right along moving right along lenithia nene leaks what what's going on sis you are burning all of your friendship bridges i promise every time nene gets a good good girlfriend or a group of good good girlfriends if they do something that she does not like i mean sis just starts torching blowing up the friendship it's like friendship be damned i don't want to have anything else to do with you it's just it's too much y'all it's it's too much so right now nene is fighting with her last friend girl marlo hampton now you already know marlo and nene have been thick as thieves for the longest time then they fell out a little bit because nene was upset that marlo was being friends with kenya she didn't like it so she gave marlo the business marlo was upset and crying and they were going back and forth that nini shut that shit down stop talking to her flat out and then of course marlo was able to weasel her way back in and get in nini's good graces licking the boots and doing all that other stuff and so they they're back being best friends but now that nini and cynthia are at odds and i just have to say this really quickly If you have a friend as loyal, as true as Cynthia Bailey, hold on to that friend. They don't make women like Cynthia Bailey. Cynthia is loyal to a fault. And we all need to have that one friend that's going to be your ride or die. That's going to be there when you call, when you text, when you're going through crazy shit. Cynthia was so scared about hurting her friendship with Nene. I can't remember what season it was in, but Cynthia wrote up a damn friendship contract. Who in their right mind does that? Sis, if we're friends, if we're good, good girlfriends, I have your back. You have my back. I'm going to support you till the cows come home to the moon and back, whatever. And you do the same. We don't ever need to draw up a friendship contract because I'm just that kind of, I'm just that kind of friend. I'm just that kind of friend that's loyal that's trustworthy that's going to be there whatever you need if i have it within my power i'm going to do i'm going to do it i'm going to be there and that's the type of friend that Cynthia has been to Nini. Nini has never reciprocated that friendship. So, their friendship was blown up because Nini and Kenya who are not friends anymore And remember, when Nene, there was a stint when Nene wasn't on the Housewives. So when Nene was not on the Housewives, that caused Kenya and Cynthia to get extremely close. They forged an amazing friendship, an amazing bond. And Nene, of course, sitting, being a Bravo fan, was watching it. She didn't like it. So when Nene came back to the Housewives, of course, Nene had something to say. And so, you know, she and Cynthia were good, good girlfriends. But as the season progressed, Nene got upset because she found out that Cynthia was inviting um, Kenya to her Peach Bellini release. So Nene got upset about that. And it was just a whole bunch of drama. But anyway, Cynthia and Nene have not been friends. Actually, Nene stopped being friends with all of her castmates at the, you know, at this past reunion for season 11. So Cynthia, who has been dating uh, sportscaster Mike Hill for um, season 11, remember they met on the Steve Harvey show and I guess it was like love at first sight, baby. They made eye contact and it was just like this man was like, I'm going after this woman. He went after his woman. So him and Cynthia have been rocking hard for a year. And so Cynthia reportedly had um, an opening for her new business venture, the Bailey Wine Cellar. And so Mike plotted and planned with cynthia's daughter and his two daughters to propose to her and he did that he put a five carat diamond ring on sister's finger okay he did all that anyway marlo attended the event nene found out about about it and pissed just pissed at marlo pissed at everybody nene is just that chick that she is just gonna take the uh the gas can and she just gonna pour pour all the gasoline on the bridge and she just gonna torch it and friendship is over so now marlo is her last friend so i'm just wondering with season 12 you guys already know that because nene beat up a cameraman during season 11 during her bi wig party because the cameraman was going into her closet she didn't want anybody in her closet so she beat him up Andy said, you are not going to film the first half of season 12. So Nene's going to come into the second half of season 12. And we're supposed to see her feud with um, her BFF Marlo. My thing is, if you're mad at Marlo and you're mad at everybody else, sis, who are you going to film with? You got nobody else to film with. Shit, you barely, like Greg, um, your husband, and you know, he was battling cancer and Nene was just, um, that was just... That was a lot. So, Nene, I don't know who you're going to film with. Is it just going to be you and Greg? Are we just going to follow you all around for season 12? I don't know. So, y'all stay tuned. We're going to see how this peach is going to, how the peaches are going to drop and unfold and all this stuff. I'm really excited to see how Nini is, like, who she's going to even, like, film with. So, this is going to be fun to watch. Anyway, before we call it a day... Before I wrap this podcast up, I just have to give a quick shout out to the amazing just Kiki Palmer, y'all. Give it up for the actress, the singer. Like, she is such a talented human being. She just inked a deal to be a permanent host on the Strayhan and Sarah show. Now, you guys already know while Sarah was um was out on maternity leave, Kiki had filled in with Michael Strahan, and they did a phenomenal job, but no one can do what Kiki can do, how Kiki does it. Kiki brings the drama, she brings the spice, she brings the silly, she brings the salaciousness. She's just that chick. So I'm happy that, um, you know, word is she inked a deal with the network and that she is, is official. So I know she didn't cracked open that champagne and sister got them coins because it's all about them coins. Yeah, so congratulations, big ups to Kiki Palmer. Cannot wait to see what the season has in store and how they're going to continue just, you know, implementing you throughout the show. So congrats sis. That's that black girl magic, that black girl excellence, that melanin magic. You just do to continue doing a damn thing. So you guys just, you know, congratulate Kiki Palmer. If you don't follow her on the gram, follow her. She is such an amazing talent. So tipsy teaspoons. I don't know if you've heard, but Miss Keisha Cole just welcomed her second child on August 1st. Miss Keisha, 37, and her baby daddy, her boo thing, her young tenderoni, Nico Kale is 23. They welcomed their child together. Now, we don't know the name of the baby, but guess what? She just inked a deal with BET. So she is coming back on to reality TV. So we'll get to follow her and Nico's journey to parenthood. This is going to be so funny. I've been seeing so many shady comments um, when they show pictures of Keisha, um, her son, Daniel Gibson Jr. You know, the son that she had with Booby and Nico all together and the shady comments from people it was just crazy talking about oh this Keisha and her sons and all this crazy stuff so I don't know look if sis is happy she got her a young tender. he making her feel things that she hasn't felt in a long time just be happy for her and her young boo just be happy for sis all right and make sure you tune in and watch the show if you are a Keisha Cole fan I'm not exactly sure when it's dropping but It's going to be, it's going to be funny, especially if her mama and nephew are on the show. (laughs) So anyway, Tipsy Teaspoons, I want to thank you for joining me during this second installment of Publicity. Yes, catch a girl real soon for episode three coming soon. Take it easy and I'm out.